This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to be here. I don't understand that 30 years ago thing because I think that was 10 years ago for me. Maybe it was a different guy. I mean, I certainly wouldn't sit in the hot tub during a lightning storm. (laughs) Maybe I would. (laughs) And maybe I still think it's okay. (laughs) Praise God. Good to be here. Uh, We've been friends with uh, your pastors for for 32 years. Met in the swimming pool or something. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) And uh, just been uh, been such a blessing over the years, and of course, you don't know me, but I probably know. I don't know on an individual basis, but I'm up to date regularly on on the great things happening here at Relate Church, and uh, just because we talk a lot, and we talk like he said, talk shop, and and uh, and it's very helpful, and what a blessing it is to hear about what's going on here and what's going on in Idaho, and I and by the way, the whole hospitality thing. Uh, I, you guys live in the middle of it. It's very real to someone who comes from, you know, somewhere else. <laughs> Meaning we go into restaurants and stuff, and, and it's noticeable to me. It's like it's the real thing. People, I'm going home thinking, you guys are rude because <laughs> I've been to Mississippi, and they're nice. They ask you how you're doing, and it's like they mean it. <laughs> and, uh, but at the same time, um, if you do like potatoes, you can thank me on the way out today because I, I think I have something to do with that. Not that I was a farmer, but, you know, being from Idaho. And if you like ice cream, yeah, oh, that's me too. <laughs> Meaning because my family grew up in the, I grew up in the dairy business. I used to, melt, used to milk cows, so I have a direct, you know, involvement in your enjoyment of ice cream. Anyway, it's so good to be here, and, and I know God's doing amazing things at Relate Church. I want to share a few things with you from the Word today, if you're ready for it. Are you ready? If you have a Bible with you or a Bible app on your phone, if you could find two openings, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians 4, and then Ephesians chapter 2. Some of you zip right to it. If you're new to these things, that's okay as well. Take your time. Find these things the best you can. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I want to uh, share with you, I've, been, I've prayed a, a good bit about this service and, and about you and what the Lord would have me to bring, and I believe I have the word for today. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, notice with me it reads, and since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. And so this same spirit of faith that he's, that he's talking about here is uh, the psalmist, probably David, who had that spirit of faith and have that spirit of faith just like David did in the middle of circumstance, in the middle of negative events happening, you still rise up and believe and say. You, you, you believe the right thing, you say the right thing. But it's interesting to me when I see this and I read this, this phrase, the same spirit of faith. 
And so thinking about the word spirit, I'm wondering, you know, Holy Spirit, human spirit, what kind of angelic spirit? I think it may be talking more about uh, an attitude here. You know how we'll say they had a such and such spirit, not, not saying they were necessarily possessed, <laughs> but their attitude was, was of such that they would approach life a, a certain way. And so if, this, if we're supposed to have this same spirit of faith or this attitude of faith, or another way you can say it, have the same kind of faith, what kind of faith should we have? And what would be a negative attitude, a, a negative spirit? Well, it'd be unbelieving, it would be passive. Um, what kind of faith do you have? What spirit of faith is on you? What, 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 what do you carry with you? And, and, and so, um, uh, turn over then, if you would, to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. And, and, and notice over here in the fifth verse, Ephesians 2, 5, speaking about Jesus. And, and we'll speaking about us first. 2, verse 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together. Everybody say alive together. With Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together. Everybody say up together. And made us sit together. Say sit together. In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So alive together, up together, sit together. How many think there's, God had a little bit of together in mind? Yes. Together who? You and me? No, not necessarily. I mean, yes, but not directly. He's talking about us and Jesus. So when he went up, you went up. When he sat down, you sat down, right? When he was raised, I was raised. And this physical resurrection of Jesus for sure shows us victory over death victory over sin and so forth. But what happened in the spirit, which was raised together, you know, we sit together. What happened in the spirit tells us and reveals to us basically the, um, what God does. Uh, how can I say this? It's, uh, it's something, it's a perfect picture of what he wants to do in your life. We can see this all through Scripture and through the past that God has a history, a, a, a track record of taking things that were messed up and making them better. Yeah. Dead to life, depressed to extremely happy, yeah. sick to health, you know. He, he takes what's been destroyed and makes it amazing again. That's his track record. That's what he has done. Um, in the end, you can read in Revelation, it says again, there he's going to make all things new. So we have a day to look forward to. Everything's going to be fixed up completely and permanently. Yeah. In the meantime, though, this is good news for us because we can see some of the track record the Lord has in making weak things strong. He takes the timid and the fearful and turns them around and makes them bold and confident. And it really it, it makes them totally different than the way they used to be. Maybe you've heard of uh, some different people. One, one of the guys, let me, let me illustrate with a couple people. One of them is named Saul. Okay, Saul, not, not Saul, New Testament Saul, Old Testament Saul, who was the first king of Israel. All right, Saul was a certain way until God got a hold of him, and he was changed, okay? Let, let me give you a, a, an example. 1 Samuel 10, 6 reads, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, 
and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. That's what's happening to, to Saul, turned into another man. In, in, the, in the ninth verse, it, it reads, So it was, when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, that God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. So with Saul, he was turned into another man. God gave him a, a, another heart. He went from a person who was timid, who was hiding amongst the supplies, to one just like that overnight was leading a nation to victory in a, in a great battle. If God can do some, something like that with a person like Saul, I start asking questions. Well, what could he do in me? What's the potential of my life? He seems to be good at turning people around like that. And, uh, and you know, and I, I started thinking about my own life and your pastor's life. And, <laughs> and, uh, and there are two really good examples right there. I knew your pastor before he could preach. And likewise, the other way around. <laughs> I remember going in his apartment. And we would, you know, setting up, trying to set up a little a pulpit so we could practice preaching before we were required to do so, you know, in, in Bible school in a lab class. And uh, we weren't very good. <laughs> and, and looking back and looking at all these years of ministry, it's really amazing. I mean, really it is. I, I mean, you might not think of it that way, but when you look at yourself in the mirror every day and you know yourself, and you think, how in the world is it even possible that people get saved after I speak? <laughs> that people have gotten healed, their marriages have been restored. It's like, through me, what in the world? But God does that. He continues to do that. He did that with Saul. He, he did that. There, there's another guy named Gideon who, whom he did that with. Gideon was a guy, of course, Israel was being besieged by this, this nation, these people called the Midianites. These Midianites would hang out near Israel, and when Israel would grow their crops, they'd send raids in, they'd come in and tear all their crops out. How many know over a period of time, that's a good way to, to break a country? Because you, you impoverish them. And they were, and so uh, they were in a bad situation, and Gideon was hiding one day in the threshing floor, basically hiding the food from the Midianites so they couldn't come and steal their livelihood. And one day, this angel shows up, the angel of the Lord calls out to Gideon, says, uh, you, you know this story? He says, Gideon, let me, let me read it. It's, it's Judges 6, 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Again, this is one of those situations. Did Gideon look like a mighty man of valor? Had he done anything that would have earned that type of title? No. He didn't, he, he didn't do anything that would earn that, but yet the angel, the, by the word of the Lord, called him that. He said, you are a mighty man of valor. You know what transpired after, as a result of that transpired? Is he became that. God said, you are this, and then he became something he wasn't before. Amen. This is God's way. Yeah. It's what he does. It's just normal business. You know, painters paint and carpet layers put carpet out and builders build and, you know, accountants account. And, uh, and God turns people's lives around. Amen. He makes them way stronger, 
what much better, much more significant, much happier, healthier, richer. He is just the quicker fixer-upper. He knows how to turn people's lives around, and he wants to do that in every single one of our lives. And so this has always been interesting to me, how God has done that with those. You saw he did, he, he did it with Peter as well. Remember, Peter went from denying the Lord Jesus one day. Fifty days later, he is a defender of the Lord, and he is proclaiming the name. He, he's timid at one moment, then he's bold as a lion the next. I just think that's pretty cool because I know me and I could use some, you know, God elements like that in my life. But when Jesus was raised from the dead, something very significant was in mind. And, uh, and sometimes we go to this, well, yeah, it's to save us from our sins, it's to give us eternal life. For sure, that's kind of like the main event and, and the, the main point of the resurrection, but there was something else the Lord had in mind, and it wasn't just that someday you and I would go to heaven, but it is something more than that, and that is that we would be made like him. Not just that we follow him, but literally that we become like him. We take on his characteristics, his nature, his, uh, his boldness. Uh, let, let me read a verse to you over here in Romans chapter 8. I got... Lots of verses, so i just read some of them to you. Romans 8, 29 reads, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image, notice that language, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he, he Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren. Not that he would be the onlyborn, period, end of sentence, follow him all your days. No, he would be first, but there would be many. Here's one of the divine intentions of God behind the great master plan of redemption is that you and I would be made like Jesus. Not just followers, for certain we are, but like him. We would carry this same spirit about us. We would believe like him and conduct ourselves. You know, the resurrection was the devil's worst nightmare. When Jesus came up from the grave, it's like all hell is saying, oh, hell. Oh, sorry, I can't say that. That's, I mean, oh, heck. Sorry. Uh, and there, this is a bad day in the kingdom of darkness. But how many know on the, on, the, on the day of Pentecost when all of a sudden 120 got filled with the Spirit? This, this is your nightmare multiplied. All, why? Because it's not just Jesus. Now understand what I'm saying here. It's a bunch of Him. I don't mean we become divine or, or we're not becoming God. But we became like Him. And just like that, there's 120 people like Jesus. What does that mean? Well, you remember when Jesus would go around different places he'd preach and demons would, would cry out through people? We know who you are, Jesus, you son of God. Sorry for the spit. <laughs> Buffer zone here. <laughs> uh, we know who you are, Jesus, you son of God. In other words, demons knew who he was and they were afraid of him. And what happened when you and I showed up? Oh, junk. Now there is a bunch of them, a bunch of them, 120, boom. And just like that, Peter goes out and preaches, now there's 3,000. And then they go out and preach, there's 5,000 more. 
and it's multiplying and it's getting really bad for the devil. Think about this. Not really bad for you, really bad for darkness. Really bad. In other words, if we will recognize what has happened, then we see ourselves in a new light and there's a different spirit of faith that we carry about us. He made us not just to worship him. He made us to be like him. He went first and now we are like him. So he doesn't have a weak, powerless church. We've been authorized and equipped to do his works. In other words, think about Saul. Now you are the new man. You have the new heart. Think about Gideon. You are now the mighty man or woman of valor. You are that person. When you receive, and I'm talking about those who have received the Lord. If you haven't received Jesus yet as your Savior, you've got something really cool to look forward to. But this is what God does at the moment of salvation. It's where Daniel said, uh, those who do know their God will be strong and do great exploits. Who would do, who would be strong? Say, well, the Lord would be strong. Well, the Lord's always strong. I'm not questioning that, but he said you would be strong if you know him. Who would do get great exploits? Well, God would do great things. Yeah, but you would do great things. If you know him, you're going to do the great things. And that's the change. That's the shift with those who know their God. Amen. Now, uh, Jesus made these interesting statements that somehow, sometimes the wording is, is different to us. You, you might recall, if you've read this before, how Jesus said the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I think we have that. It's in, uh, it's in Matthew chapter 11. He said, from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven uh, suffers violence and the violent take it by force. It's like, that's kind of weird. What does that mean? <laughs> what do you mean the violent? Are we supposed to be violent? And uh, looking up some of those words, it's literally that suffers violence means to force or to press in. Okay? What happened is people in Israel were hardly seeking God at all. Most of them were backslidden. And God anoints John the Baptist to come in and he starts preaching. And all of a sudden people are flocking out to this weird guy in the wilderness who wears funny clothes and eats grasshoppers and stuff. And, but they're, they're out of their way. They're out of their comfort zone. And they are pressing into the kingdom of God. Something in them stirs them to go after God and to go after getting right with God in a way that they hadn't been doing for a very long time. They were pressing in to, to the kingdom. How many think that's a good idea? How many think that's a good idea even when it rains? <laughs> they, were, they had something, a new spirit upon them. A new drive about them. It's like, we need to get right with God. We need to press. Now is the time to do business with him. I think if any time in history, you know, other than those significant moments, it would be now again. Yes. Now at the, at the closing of the church age, before the Lord Jesus comes back, we need some people to be violent. Yes. What do you mean violent? In this sense, there's an urgency. They're pressing into the things of God like they haven't before. They carry a different spirit of faith about them. It's no longer mamby-pamby, I will if I have time. And No, there's something more serious about this. If we will approach God that way, we're going to see God-level results. So then, Christianity 
is not defined by going to church. It's defined by being raised with him. It's defined by people who have been made like him. I'm like him. I carry that same spirit about me. Amen. Now, how many have ever heard of Chuck Norris? Chuck Norris. He's from Mississippi, right? No, I don't know if he is. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard any? For some reason, Chuck Norris is the martial artist and actor and, and so forth. And he has become the subject of many jokes, many memes and different things. Uh, if you're not familiar with them, you may know some really good ones. Let me give you a couple examples. Um, they go like this. When the boogeyman goes to sleep at night, he checks his closet for Chuck Norris. Um, when Chuck Norris falls in water, Chuck Norris doesn't get wet. Water gets Chuck Norris. Right? Um, Chuck Norris can believe it's not butter. Ch Chuck Norris can divide by zero. Chuck Norris, Norris ordered a Big Mac at Burger King and got one. Chuck Norris can kill two stones with one bird. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Chuck Norris came first. <laughs> Chuck Norris counted to infinity twice. <laughs> and here's one. This is a risky one, but I'm, I think we're friends now. <laughs> Chuck Norris went to a feminist rally, got his shirt ironed. <laughs> Everybody okay? <laughs> Here's the reason I'm sharing these, <laughs> these powerful Chuck Norris truths with you. <laughs> Just revelation flowing out here. No. Uh, is it resembles this spirit of faith or attitude that, that you and I can have, not in and of ourselves, but who we are in him and what he's done in us the new heart, the new man, the mighty man of valor, those who've been raised with Christ to be like him. You see, we often will talk about the problems that we have. Well, I've been going through this. Well, I'm dealing with this now. I've got this problem and this problem. And I wonder if we're seeing that incorrectly. I wonder if we talk about problems in the wrong way. What say, what do you mean? I mean, I wonder... Is it true that I have a problem, or does a problem have me? I mean, if I'm like Jesus, he said I am, then do I really have a problem? Let me, listen, did Gideon have a Midianite problem, or did the Midianites have a Gideon problem? You read the whole story, we find out the answer. You know, did, did David have a Goliath problem? Or did Goliath have a David problem? Well, I've got these giants in my life. Quit! Did you notice David never even called him a giant? He just called him an uncircumcised Philistine. In other words, some dude without a covenant with God. 
And here, he, who does he think he is coming against the people of God? See, there's an attitude that we need to have. What in the world does the devil think or the circumstance or the storm or life messing with me? Not because I'm something in myself, but because I am in Christ. I've been filled with his spirit. I've been bought with the blood of Jesus. And now I carry a new, a, a new attitude or spirit of faith. You're going to mess with me. You've got to be kidding. This is a total losing battle for you. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, did, you know, did Jesus have a Satan problem? Or did Satan have a Jesus problem? And if it's true that you and I have been made like him, raised with him, seated with him, then I'm thinking I don't have a devil problem either or a giant problem or a Midianite problem or, or, or any kind of problem. Those problems have a me. Sickness has a problem. You. Well, I've been feeling depressed. Quit. Depression has a you problem. The devil has a you problem. Amen. I was wondering one day if, if sometimes, you know how like people will sometimes get around each other and they'll, uh, they'll have conversations with one another and sometimes they talk about some of the struggles they're going through and they talk about their problems. I wonder, I wonder if sometimes depression gets together with death and darkness and, and disease, maybe a cancer shows up, and they all huddle up and they get together and start talking about you. I've got this problem. His name's Bob. Man, everywhere he goes. I got this problem with Ashley. Ashley. Everywhere she shows up, she's got this attitude. And she seems to not give in to any one of our lies. Every time we throw something up, she says, no, in Jesus' name. And we get thrown against the wall. Ah, oh, I got an Ashley problem. Ah, oh, I got a Bob problem. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. Everybody okay today? Amen. You're the problem. For them. There was a guy named a minister uh, went on to be with the Lord now named Norville Hayes may have heard of him. Uh, he had um, a daughter that when she was in her, a teenager, she had all kinds of uh, growths and, and skin breaking and, and just horrible, he said, ugly, ugly hands and, and skin on her, her body and all these uh, uh, growths and things. And he, he said that he prayed to the Lord about that for years. For like three years, he's praying about her healing. He knows the Lord is a healer, and he's praying about her healing for three years. And finally, he realized that's not working, which is pretty smart. <laughs> three years, and it wasn't working. So he said, I stopped praying that, and I started asking the Lord what's wrong. Why isn't this working? He changed his prayer, started seeking the Lord for answers. He said, I did that for like seven months. I'm seeking the Lord for why. Show me why this isn't working. Why, why can't I get her healed? And he said he was walking across his living room one day, and just like that, he stepped into a cloud and left his body. And he said, I was caught up to where God was. I didn't, he said, I didn't see anything. But, but the Lord spoke to him. 
He said, the Lord spoke to me very strong and said, and said to him, how long are you going to put up with those growths on your daughter's body? And of course, that took him back. <laughs> he didn't know he was putting up with it. How long, he said, if you'll curse those things and command them to die like I did the fig tree, they'll leave. The Lord told him that, gave him scripture. So he went, you know, when he got back, he said, I, st- I just started doing it. He said, I curse those gross in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command them to get off my, out of this house, out of my daughter's body. He said, I did that for 40 days. You think you'd have an experience like that, it would happen immediately. But he said, for 40 days, I curse those things. I refuse to doubt. I refuse to have unbelief. And, I, and he said one day his daughter was hanging up her, her dresses in her closet, hanging things up. And she's hanging things up. And she, she goes to hang up one. And she looks at her hand and starts yelling out because she has brand new skin all over her body. Amen. Hallelujah. This is... Uh, this is an attitude that we need to have. Yes, it it's one that rises up and says, I'm going to be bold. I'm going I'm to approach life as if Jesus really is in me. As if I have what he says I have and I can do what he says I can do. You know, the, Jesus sent out his disciples one day. And he, he told them, you know, go do this, heal the sick, cast out demons and so forth. When they came back, they said, it's, it's Luke 10, 17, when the 70 returned, with, then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They came back happy about this. They came back with great joy. Now notice, if you read on, he corrected them in the sense of, he said, rejoice that your name is written in heaven, not about this. But he didn't correct them. He didn't say, oh, no, they're not really subject to you. They're just subject to me. No, they were right. They're subject to you in his name. They were, correct. They, were, they were correct about that. And when we use his name, problems are afraid of us. Well, I've been, I've been having some financial problems. No, you, no, 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 no. Your finan- uh, financial problems have been having a you problem. Because it's you raised up from the dead. It's you filled with the Spirit of God. They have an issue. You. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Let me show you this video. This little boy praying. See if you can catch the spirit spirit on him. (laughs) How many can learn something from a five-year-old about your prayer life? Amen. Amen. In closing here, Romans 8 and verse 19 reads, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. I tell you, all creation is waiting for you and I to manifest, for you and I to show up as what? As what? Sons of our natural family as, no, 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 no. Sons of Almighty God with an attitude of believing. We speak and believe in the middle of the storm. Romans 8, 19, again, same from the Phillips translation. The whole creation is on tiptoe to see the wonderful sight of the sons of God coming into their own. I tell you, there is something that belongs to you and to me. 
And the more we can recognize this reality, it'll change our attitude, our approach to dealing with life in general. And I tell you, God, God will begin to show himself strong through you yes. and in you. And our future will not be the same as it would have been without it. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you today. We serve you with all of our hearts. We do. We give all the praise and glory and honor to you. Most faithful, most wonderful God. We love you. We serve you. We bless your name. May the, may the Spirit of God help us to see and recognize reality. Who we are and what we have and what we can do in Christ. For this we give you the praise, all the glory, and all the honor in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. If you've been having problems in your wrists, why don't you just grab, grab, hold, of, uh, grab hold of your wrist there with the other hand. And let the power of God flow right into you. It'll go right in. You won't have that issue anymore. Issues in your wrist. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for the power of God going right into these now. Affecting a healing and a cure. Making them every bit whole and right and strong and healed. From this moment forward, we resist arthritis and carpal tunnel and any other kind of uh, injury or problem or disease, infliction. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. At the same time, let me just pray. for If you've got problems in your throat, uh, issues in your throat, put your hand there on your neck. The power of God will go right into you there, and you'll be healed every bit made whole right now on the authority of Jesus' name. Every bit, every bit, leave those bodies now. Be healed on the authority of Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. It's finished. It's done. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, God is good. Hey, hey let, me, let, me, uh, let me finish with this here today. Uh, maybe you've come to church just with, if I could have everyone's attention. Maybe you've come to church today and you've never received eternal life. Uh, meaning this, if you were to die today, you wouldn't go to heaven or don't know if you'd go to heaven. Um, good news is you can go and you can know that you're going. You don't have to wonder about that. Uh, the, the problem we all deal with is, is, is called sin. Yeah, you've done it. I've done it. We've all sinned. We've come short of God's glory. Every single one of us have missed it. And, and the solution to that is not religion. Religion doesn't save anybody. The solution to that is not try harder, be a better person, because you and I will never be good enough to reach God's standard. His standard is perfection. And we've all missed it by a mile. And so, uh, uh, say, well, what's the solution? How, do, how, how, do I, how can I know that I'm, that I'm right with God, that I'm going to heaven? Uh, well, God made it really easy, really easy on our side. His part was the heavy lifting. And that is, he took your sin and my sin, placed it on his son. That's Jesus on the cross. He suffered and died as a substitute. He went and suffered so you and I wouldn't have to suffer for our own sins. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. It's like, wow, he really did that for me? He totally did that for you. you say, but he, you don't know what I've done. I don't need to. He knows, and he died for you anyway. I don't know if God would accept me. I mean, uh, the way I've been, well, good news is he already has done it. He already knew you ahead of time and said, I still want you. 
And he doesn't see Saul before his heart's changed. He sees him after. He didn't see Gideon hiding the, hiding the food. He sees him after he's been changed. Yeah? And he sees the potential of your life. When he gets involved, he can turn things around in an instant. And so Jesus was raised from the dead, thus sealing our, our, our salvation, meaning in the high court of heaven, God's gavel slap, slammed down and said, heaven's, you know, the justice system is satisfied. Your slate's been wiped clean. Your bill has been settled. Your balance is zero. There's nothing else that needs to be done. The only thing we need to do is say, is there anything at all? We just accept. You accept or reject. You say yes or you say no. But when you do that, what happens on the inside is what Jesus called being born again. In fact, in John chapter 3, he said you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. If you've been born again, you've been made alive or spiritually resurrected, good for you. See you like forever, right? See you there. If you haven't been born again, you haven't received eternal life, you want to? You want to? You can. You certainly can. No one's going to twist your arm. No one's going to make you do anything that you don't want to do. But I tell you, the Lord's invitation is here before you. You can receive him. You can pray personally, and he will hear your prayer, and he will change you forever. Amazing. Isn't it so good? And uh, so, again, if you've already done this, you've already been born again, good for you. But if you haven't, you want to do it today, you certainly can. In just a minute, I'd like to have you respond all across the building today just by lifting your hand. In a moment, I'll just count to three like this, one, two, three. Bam, when I do, just have you lift up your hands all across the building long enough for me to see, and then you can put it back down. Okay, then we'll pray, we'll, we'll, pr we'll pray together, and, and you'll have an experience with God that will leave you changed forever. You won't have a re religious experience at Relate Church, you'll have an experience with Jesus that will leave you forever saved. Amen, amen. So who should lift up their hand today? I'd say number one, anyone at all who would, who would say, if I died today I wouldn't go to heaven, or I'm not sure if I'd go to heaven, and I want to be sure, I want to know that I'm going to heaven. You lift your hand. Secondly today, anyone at all who would just say, I've never been born again. Or if I have, I don't know if I've been born again. I believe in God or I've prayed to Him. That's fine and good, but you still need to be born again. If that's you, you lift up your hand. Or maybe number three, you just say it this way. I've never given all my heart, all my life, once and for all. I've never gone all in with God. I'm ready to go, go all in with Him, ready to do business with Him today. If that's you, uh, you lift up your hand. Let's, let's, do, let's be the real deal here today with Him. Amen? Amen. Everybody ready? On three, just lift up your hand or call across the building anywhere, everywhere, just long enough for me to see it, and then you can put it back down. Praise God. Here we go on three. One, two, three. Bam. Lift them up today. Say, that's me. Today's my day. Thank you for that one right over there. Good, 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 good. Amen. Anybody else like to join that one? Everybody else good, good, good? Praise God. Well, let's pray. Can we do that now? We all, I'll just say this, this, this prayer together. And if you're already saved, you've done this, so you know how to do it. And if you're, you're receiving the Lord today, we're doing this service just for you. What a good day. Pray it out loud with me from your heart. Say, Dear God in heaven, I repent of my sins. I turn my life to you. I believe in Jesus. He died for me on the cross. He paid for all my sins. He was raised from the dead. And he's alive today. I receive him now as my Savior. I confess that Jesus is Lord. I give all my heart and all my life to you. And I receive your forgiveness and your love and eternal life. I'll never be the same. Thank you for saving me, washing me clean. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.